Thank you for listening to New Life Preaching, sermons from New Life Baptist Church, where we grow in discipleship, grow in relationship, and we grow in Jesus Christ. Please subscribe so that you don't miss a Sunday. So if you all would, turn with me to Matthew chapter 7. We're in our second to last uh, sermon as we are going through the Sermon on the Mount. And so just not really to recap everything we've went through, but Jesus last week was describing the narrow way of the kingdom. And so this week it's fitting that he addresses and warns us against false prophets, those people who hinder us in pursuing this narrow way. And so hopefully this morning that we uh, receive this warning against those poor influences in our own culture today for us. Um, And so Matthew chapter 7, I'm just going to read uh, verses 15 and 20 through 20. So I welcome you to stand as we read from God's Word. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're ravening wolves. You shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. Amen. Lord, we come to you this morning listening. Lord, you come to us not always building us up. Sometimes you give warnings like these. And so, Father, I pray that you be with us, that you reveal to us those influences that are in our own lives that have become unhealthy. Lord, that we would see the the boundaries that we need to have in place as it's not just important on what we do, but Lord, our health is is of concern and, and it has very much to do with what we surround ourselves with. And so, Lord, we pray, we we do pray for purity, but Lord, we pray for protection in this way. This morning, I pray that we come to you looking to you as shepherd, as our protector, even in this warning this morning, Lord, that you would begin to testify even to us of those false prophets, Lord, that you would loosen our hold of some of these that even maybe some of us have come to enjoy or cherish that need to go. Lord, I pray that you give me your grace this morning in, um, in trying to address the false prophets in our day. Lord, we pray that we experience your spirit 
through your word. Because of your son, Jesus Christ, it's in his name we pray. Amen. So this morning, I want to admit, there's going to be a little overlap. We're going to have to overreach that section of Scripture that we just read through together. Um, But this morning, we're just going to focus on this warning against false prophets. Um, And so it's right to ask, before we really tackle the topic, what is a false prophet? And first, in order to do that, I want us to define, well, what, what is a prophet? Um, a lot of times, whenever we hear the word prophet used, it's, it's of someone who um, is giving prophecy, they're foretelling the future. Yet in the case of, of a false prophet, they, they're not foretelling the future accurately, they're, they're really not foretelling anything at all, they're just speaking inaccurate gibberish, more or less. Um, And yet we still call them a prophet or a false prophet, rather. And so, though though it's true, I mean, we've we've seen and heard of those people out there who have foretold um, dates of Christ's second coming and they've been wrong or inaccurate. And it is true that whenever we see that sort of behavior and, and, and those repetitions and those negative patterns, we should probably shun all that that person has to say. Um, You're either a prophet or you're not. There's no in-between. And so that's true. But there's another element of prophecy that I want us to look at this morning. And it's led scholars like R.C. Sproul to conclude that that prophecy, that speaking of the prophet, is, is not necessarily always attached to foretelling Uh, some event in the future but is almost always necessarily attached to forth-telling that word of God, speaking forth truths given by God. This is what 2 Peter 1.21 says, that the prophets didn't speak of their own accord, but they they spoke only what was revealed to them directly by the Spirit. Um, And so even, even when... It, it involves future events. Even when it involves new revelation uh, in the Old Testament and things, it's always speaking forth the Word of God. And so, a false prophet essentially is not a prophet at all, uh, but they're one who speaks in opposition to God's Word. They speak forth... Uh, If a prophet speaks forth God's word accurately and faithfully, the false prophet speaks contrary to God's word or not by God's appointment, but instead by human ambition. Um, And and we can tie this to a lot of things. Indeed, we will um, throughout the sermon. but, But we don't give a bunch of frivolous details that God's word hasn't explicitly stated in Scripture for us. Um, we think that we, we can look to Scripture in 1 Peter 1, 10 through 11. He speaks of the prophets, but he says they inquired diligently. They searched the Spirit as to what, what man or what time that he was speaking of, that he was uh, indicating 
for the coming of Christ. You see throughout the Old Testament we read of this coming of Christ, but it was only a partial revelation, if you will. They knew some, but not all of God's will, so they didn't just go and, and uh, look at their calendars and say, well, here's what I think it is, and they didn't proclaim it. No, they stopped short of their own ambitions, of their own ideas or words, and they proclaimed simply that word of God. They were a faithful prophet. They didn't go past. They didn't withhold. They only proclaimed what was told to them. And so, um, to put this forth to our culture, when you hear prophet uh, who gives, or hear of a prophet, uh, like I've mentioned, you know, sometimes they advertise this and they want a big, uh, they have a big uh, gathering, you know, where they're going to give a, a prophetic event or a future outcome. We've got some options. We can wait to see if it comes true. And, and to where if it doesn't, then we know, okay, well, that's a false prophet. We need to just completely cast them out. They're not of this prophet status. Or we can simply evaluate whether this prophecy uh, was something revealed of God. Is this something consistent with all of Scripture? Is this something that, that is faithful to the Word of God that reveals God's purpose? Um, and so this doesn't matter. Whatever your stance, whether you're convinced the time of prophecy is fulfilled with the apostolic age, whether you think that it, that it goes on and, and, and we look at this today, we still agree in both camps. We agree the fullest revelation of God comes in Jesus Christ as revealed in His Word. Amen. Okay? And that's what we agree upon. And so um, we make Scripture the authority and, and it doesn't matter, no prophet will disagree with Scripture or he is a heretic. So now, now understand we're, uh, Chris is being diligent. We've got a, a smoke detector bothering us, a little chirp. So um, we are going to spend a little bit more time. So don't be distraught if you're following along in the bulletin with the outline. We need a little bit more groundwork here at the beginning. And so whenever we look to a false prophet, Christ is warning us. The first thing we should realize is that they are outwardly kind. The, the, the false prophet is outwardly kind. We, we like them. Jesus says, beware of the false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing. Uh, they appear to be soft and pleasant, agreeable. Um, this is how so many of them have gained such popularity. They're well-liked. In our culture, a false prophet isn't someone who just keeps speaking and everyone rejects them. They're someone who people are giving much focus and emphasis. And I mean, I mean, they're really supporting this false prophet. Uh, we enjoy someone who has all the answers. Someone who says they have direct access to God. Someone who promises health and wealth to us. Uh, healing. Someone who says you're not in danger of hell because God loves everybody. One of these that comes to mind is Joel Olstein. He and, and I say this comfortably because he builds his entire platform off of the fact that he completely neglects the handling of sin. He says they don't need to hear the word sin. His goal is to make you feel better about yourself than whenever you came in. As a matter of fact, he says it doesn't matter if you're Christian, Catholic, Muslim, Buddhist. If you're an atheist, come, you should enjoy my message and feel better about yourself when you leave. 
So the false prophet actively gratifies the flesh and fleshly desires. Still looking to the false prophet, Jesus promises us. They are kind. They outwardly look kind, but their intention is your destruction. The false prophet's intention is your destruction. He says, yes, they come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're what? Ravenous wolves. And so, you can't get more biblical than Wiley Coyote in my book. Okay? I don't know if Looney Tunes, if we're past, I mean, some of that, that is definitely my uh, generation is a Looney Tunes fan. Uh, my kids have seen some Looney Tunes. They're since been pulled off because of the violence. You know, they have cast Wiley Coyote out as a false prophet. The reality is, man, he clocks in and he dons his sheep's wool and he goes to work. Okay? He, man, he uses bombs, rockets, flattery signs, incredible acrobatics, innovative technology, elaborate distractions, live, lies, and even rage in order to get and claim his victims. This, this is a faithful picture of a false prophet. You know, if you remember, I'm not, not the roadrunner, but when he clocks in with the sheep, sheep dog. So, for us, we're often threatened by false prophets, but with false gospels. Um, so now, whenever we look out, and some of these you may be familiar with, some of these you may not be familiar with, but whenever we hear word of faith, um, prosperity gospel preachers, or some of the like, um, some of these that identify themselves in this, in this camp are Joel Osteen, we've mentioned, Joyce Meyer, Todd White, Stephen Furtick, Teflo Dollar, T.D. Jakes, Benny Hinn, or Bill Johnson of the Bethel Church Movement, and they tell you, and they say this, that God doesn't want anyone to suffer because He's not sovereign. The reason we suffer is because God isn't really in control of things. These are, these are their words. They say that if you're suffering, your situation, whatever you're in, well, it's because of your lack of faith. It's not God's will. He's not in control. It's because uh, of you. They say the church experiences unity because of humanity. Or we all sort of have something in common, but it's not because we don't have unity because of the gospel of Jesus Christ, but because of our humanity. There's prominent speakers like Rob Bell who's come to the conclusion, well, there is no hell because God is just love. And, but not, he's not love as the Bible defines him, but as the way Rob Bell defines him. Um, these people, these wolves, they want your money. They want your support. And they're faithful in putting on a grand production using every faculty to man in order to do that and to convince you of this false gospel. They claim always to, that they can heal and yet they can't offer salvation of any kind. How do I know this? Well, that's our next question. If this is the case of false prophets, that's our next point. How can we know? 
a false prophet. Well, what does Christ say? He says, you shall know them by their fruits. Now, this is a little bit different. We've read in James talking about the, the fruit, you know, the fruit of the tree. And he's exhorting the Christian and saying he'll know you by your fruits. And, and so he identifies us with we need to produce good fruits. Christ is using this a little bit differently. He's talking about the false prophet. He's talking about the one who will yield no fruit. And so for that, we turn to well, you know, Galatians 5.22. That's where the fruits of the Spirit are listed. I, th I think, well, fruits, how do I know the fruits? What are the fruits? Galatians 5.22, Paul says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Well, the false prophet seeks to redefine love so it doesn't include purity. They, they create a joy that's self-absorbed in your own prosperity. Their peace is dependent on material gain or worldly happiness. They're not long-suffering at all. They, they don't, uh, they're, in, they're actually not, they don't suffer anything. They're impatient for God to bless them for their best life now. They're not gentle or meek, but they, they assert their own uh, spiritual superiority over their benefactors. They're the man of God, and you are someone in desperate need who lacks faith and needs healing or needs blessing or whatever. They make themselves equal to God and goodness. They're not temperate, but they're arrogant. So we see their fruit is bad and we know them by their fruit here's the next part but not by their gifts this is something interesting and for this um, I'd like for us to go a little bit further in our passage this morning we know them by their fruits we've discussed the fruits of the false prophet we don't know them by their gifts not everyone who saith unto me Lord Lord shall enter the kingdom of heaven but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name and in thy name cast out devils and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Amen. This is cut and dry. Jesus says prophecy exorcism and miracles are not enough to validate a true prophet. They're not enough. He's been talking about a false prophet. Beware of them. You'll know them by your fruits because these, these people are going to come and they're going to say, here, I've done these things. They're not enough. They don't validate for us a, a true prophet. Look, there's a lot of people that claim to heal. Uh, you know, as I watched... Um, you know, one documentary, American Gospel, uh, and I'm free to loan it out. Chad's got it now. But they claim to heal on the street corner and they, they perform what's much like magic tricks uh, in order to make things look a certain way. It's deception and sleight of hand uh, in, in order to make it look like they heal somebody. And that's true. We should, we should cast them out. But even if, even if a person is able to heal on command, it doesn't mean that they're of God necessarily. Were those those 
charlatans that, that I referred to, they, they never even address, they don't address cerebral palsy or terminal cancer or any of these things. They never address these things. They refuse to. But I'm saying even if they can, we need to watch out because this doesn't mean that it is a prophet of God. Now this is pretty difficult for us because even if you are healed, even if you see a demon cast out or some miracle performed, it, it doesn't mean they're of God. And frankly, this just strengthens the early argument that prophecy must be in agreement with Scripture. It's got to fulfill the purpose of speaking forth a truth of God, revealing God and His will. And so the in question is, is are they true to the gospel? Is, is they stop short if someone can come and heal you and yet has nothing to do with Jesus, doesn't speak Jesus, just can simply end the conversation, God loves you, man, and walk away. They have deprived you of the very best blessing that God gives. And so, are they true to the gospel? So keep in mind then, this in part, when we speak of prophecy this way, this in part is what has allowed some people to argue this is uh, how prophecy takes place today. But I want to remind you the preacher's job, it is to speak forth God's word, but it is not my job to be interesting or to heal you or to predict the future or to perform miracles. The modern prophet, if we've got to use that term, he preaches the word. And so, I want us to remember we're not doing a study of prophecy, but we're studying the warning against false prophets. So, we guard ourselves. How then do we respond to the false prophet? Number one, stop pursuing false prophets and false gospels. You know, they, these people aren't simply pulling the wool over the eyes of the congregation. In part, they're simply a judgment upon the people that follow them. They love this teaching. They go to it and they, they love to hear it. It makes them feel good. They've got a bunch of promises. And so that's these... The false prophet's really a judgment against the people that sets these fools over them as their leaders. Um, if you're to listen to Christ's teaching this morning, we need to simply abandon people like these that we've already mentioned. We need to adhere to God's word and to all those who speak God's word. This is why we call them out by name. Ephesians 5.11, Paul says, Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. We need to call out people like that and expose them for the protection of the church and for the glory of his name. There is a job that we have. There's a job that I have, and I would not be faithful in it if I neglected to do so. If, if, if I for, failed to protect my own children, I have failed as a father. Um, and so we see ultimately a lot of this, this stop pursuing them and things and calling them out comes because we see the way God responds to false Prophets, what does he do? 
Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast in to the fire. God's the one who's going to handle this situation with finality, eternally. He's going to handle it. We don't have to worry about wishing harm. We need to be tied up preaching the true gospel. That's what we need to do. So this is a simple comfort. We're not forced to reconcile our beliefs with theirs. We've got a lot of people who say that they're Christian and they're following this worldly gospel that is not the God of the Bible. It is not the redemption, the way that God promises it in Jesus Christ, but it's through magic and healing and whatever else. Um, now, God God will heal and, and, and do things. We're not speaking to that. But the reality is, is that what is false is cut away and burned. It's destroyed. God destroys it. It's only the true gospel of Jesus Christ that's going to make it to the end. It's been tested. People refute it on and on. They, they, they try to tear it down and they have not. It's the same passage in James we talked about, but this isn't spurring us. When we read this about good, fru- good fruits, we're not, we're not being spurred on to, to fruit here. He's saying, look, they can't produce fruit. Right now, you can drive by you know, Reed's Orchard. It's right there off of the highway going into Owensboro. We see they've got a new plot and area. You know, they don't invest. They don't pursue. They don't dump money and time and labor into dead trees. They don't do it. Beyond the production, they're cut down, they're burned or used whatever else, they're consumed, and new is planted, and it is those trees that bear fruit in which God invests. Um, and so, um, even looking to, as, as we apply some of that, these casting out demons, performing miracles, and prophesying in God's name, I'm going to tell you something. We don't need any of any of that. That is not what saves you. If you don't do these things, if you don't perform miracles or speak in tongues, if you don't heal people, if you don't, whatever it is, none of this saves you. God casts them out. And frankly, when we look at the gospel and understand it's none of your works at all that God saves you, then he's certainly not going to depend on it after the fact. We rest in Christ and in his gospel. I want to go ahead and conclude, and you're welcome to turn with me to 2 Peter 2, 1 through 3. It's, he summarizes much of what we said, but it's also going to affirm the end of the false prophet as we close. Peter writes, But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you who secretly shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow their pernicious ways, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be blasphemed, and through covetousness shall with false words exploit you, or make a market of you. Their judgment from long ago lingereth not and their damnation slumbereth not. There is an end of the false prophet and we do not need to be in, in their way. We don't need to ride their boat or their train. 
Jesus guards us. He's been preaching the kingdom. He's preached the way. We know the way. We know the truth. We know the life. It's in Jesus Christ. And so we do need to take care. There is, I think, a guard in, for us in the way that we then present the gospel to, pe- to people. Don't make yourself a false prophet. Don't tell somebody, get your life right. Do something, perform some miracle. Because guess if a person can get their life right before they come to God, that is a miracle. Because we know that we're raising the dead. You are dead in your trespasses. There are no miracles. Come to Christ. Come to Christ and we see He performs miracles. He makes the dead to live. He casts out all demons. He has authority over the storms. We know He's the one that casts out the demons, performs the miracles, and sends forth His word to the ends of the earth. So don't make yourself a false prophet. Don't follow a false prophet. Don't listen to a false prophet. Call them out as they are and say, Jesus. And honestly, it's, this is easy. Of, of some of these that were mentioned, and ask yourself, I've heard people say, well, what about this one? Listen to this guy. Well, that was really encouraging. Where was the scripture? I didn't hear, I didn't hear Jesus. I heard Jesus but it wasn't the Jesus I know. Um, so we test. We test the spirits to see if they are of God. Lord, we come to you and we ask your protection. Lord, that you give us open eyes. Lord, so that we can see the full grace and work that was accomplished through Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray that you make us ever aware of the complete gospel, the one which, in which all things were accomplished. Our Savior is seated at the throne. We don't wait upon any sign. We have the full revelation of God in Jesus Christ. And Lord, we pray that you open our eyes to those false prophets around us, that we would stop relying on demons cast out, healings in your name, and prophecy or or something else. Lord, that we would look to Christ. That we would see it's the fruits of the Spirit that we should desire, not the gifts. Lord, and we look forward to that. And we, Lord, we trust you. You promise us that you will bear fruit in the life of the Christian. And so we wait upon you. We wait upon you to perform these miracles in our own lives. Lord, that we would find rest in Christ. Lord, that we would find healing because of your mercy. Lord, that we would, that you would guide our situations even in our darkest hour. But we know, Lord, when all this passes away, we still have Christ. And so, Father, it's on that name we rest. Lord, this is the only gospel we want. You are enough. Lord, we ask that you fellowship with us. Father, we're confident that we're not in danger of having any false prophet any lying shepherd if we have you in our midst, if we are led by the good shepherd 
who drives out every iniquity. Father, this morning we desire only to follow you. The one who put an end. We, we no longer have to look to a prophet or mediator. Father, you've given us your word. You've actually implanted your word in us. Father, we can commune directly with you. Lord, I pray that if there is anyone who does not realize this, who's been following a false hope, a false narrative, a false prophet, or a false gospel, Lord, that they would find repentance now as you, as you wait upon them. Lord, we pray for your grace in this and your continued fellowship in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for listening to New Life Preaching, sermons from New Life Baptist Church, where we grow in discipleship, grow in relationship, and we grow in Jesus Christ. Please subscribe so that you don't miss a Sunday.